Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. I really do feel that Mary had a role in bringing me back to the Catholic Church. He reminded me that Mary was my mom. I always fell upon if I needed a desperate prayer, I always called to Mary. I could see that Mary had a hand in this. She began to speak to my heart. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. Hi, everyone. This is Alexis Walkenstein. Welcome to Mary's Touch, the show that brings you real-life stories of Mary's love. And today, of miracles. Today's guest is remarkable. Eric Lamarck, otherwise known as the Miracle Man, joins me on Mary's Touch. The new movie, Six Below, Miracle on the Mountain, tells the incredible story of former Olympian and former hockey player Eric Lamarck and how with only a lightweight jacket and thin wool hat, he survived eight days stranded in the frozen wilderness after a snowboarding trip gone horribly wrong. Known by his National Guard rescuers as the Miracle Man, Eric rose to success and fame as a hockey player and Olympian and struggled with a long and painful fall due to a crystal meth addiction. In the end, a man whose life had been based on athleticism would lose both his legs to frostbite and had to learn to walk and snowboard again with prosthetics. He realized that he couldn't come to terms with his drug addiction or learn to walk again by himself. He had to depend on God for his strength. Now an inspirational speaker committed to raise awareness for the dangers of drugs and crystal meth, you will see Eric in the new movie, his story in the new movie, and you'll hear his story in his new book about his life confronting the ultimate test of survival, what it takes to find your way out of darkness, and after so many lies, to tell the truth, and by the grace and guidance of God, begin to live again. Wow, I'm privileged to have Eric Lamarck today on Mary's Touch. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, Alexis, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. Take us back. Take us back even before you got stuck on the mountain. You, um, you're an Olympian. You're a hockey player. You're an athlete. Tell us what life was like, you know, before all of this. Well, you know, before I met God, it was all about me. And, uh, you know, I satisfied every selfish desire that uh, I wanted to. I lived for myself and did what I wanted when I wanted to. If people didn't meet my exacting standards, it seems that all the relationships, uh, they were the first to go. 
And so I found myself spending a lot of time by myself, uh, spending a lot of time just uh, having fun and meeting new people, you know, each and every time. And uh, it was a great achievement to have uh, sought my, you know, professional aspirations of becoming a hockey player and, and uh, you know, obtaining and achieving those. Hockey got to take me all around the world. But at the same time, it put a lot of money in my pocket and, and also showed me a, a lifestyle that was uh, fairly reckless. Mm. And then you, you know, you have that kind of daredevil, risky athlete in you, and you venture out. You're on a snowboarding trip. Then what? Yeah, I, I've been gifted, you know, with athleticism. I was good at, you know, everything I've ever put my hands to and, and anything that had to do with any type of sport. So, you know, when my career ended, I kind of ended it uh, abruptly as well and decided to, you know, go into an individual sport and, and to go and be a professional snowboarder. And with that, you know, I started to take the turn down down some of the, the, the wrong paths. But uh, I loved it as far as uh, the adventure of snowboarding. Uh, you know, I've, I've ridden tens of thousands of miles on my snowboard and got to, you know, ride all throughout uh, North America. I used to ride about uh, two to 300 days a year uh, on average. And so you're on the mountain, you take this trip, you're there for eight days. Nobody should have survived. Nobody should have survived that. No, not at all. I became kind of an amateur meteorologist. And with that, you know, I was kind of a storm chaser. So I went up uh, the week prior, you know, and enjoyed all the snow throughout the the previous five days. And then finally, the mountain had cleared up and I ended up partying a little too hard and woke up late uh, to the sound of prairie coyotes rummaging through the trash and immediately just uh, grabbed the basic uh, essentials for getting the first and one and only time ever, my two-way radio and my torch lighter. I had never gone snowboarding without them. And, and uh, it was in my Gore-Tex outfit that I had left. And like I said, I was just in a hurry and uh, I wanted to get to the mountain. And, and that was the first mistake that I made. And one day goes by, two days go by. Are you praying at this point or are you just trying to go into total survival mode? Well, the first day when I became trapped on the mountain, um, it was more of an inconvenience to me. Um, I didn't recognize really the threat and and the dire conditions that that I was, you know, putting myself into. My inability to make fire and inability to sit still led me to make a a poor decision and, you know, also the mess that was in my body to, to leave where I was. And that's one of the messages that I have for the listeners, that if you ever do get lost or trapped, you know, stay where you are because the chances are that you've strayed uh, not too far off the main path is is great. And uh, don't go to the wolves. Don't don't go and get nine miles more lost like I did when I headed off the backside of the mountain, practically rode off of cliff and then had these prairie coyotes, which I thought were wolves at the time, come up on me. And and I had Mm. to uh, uh, defend myself and also make myself larger than life. And uh, at that time, I started to realize, wow, it's it's really dangerous out here. And I I remember running in the snow and I I kept getting bogged down. And all I was thinking was I was about to get pounced uh, from behind by these, these animals, because prior to me getting to the, to the mountain when I first got up to the, the mountain, the news was that there was a skier who had gotten lost and they found just his legs and he was mauled by animals on the mountain. So mm. um, that echoed you know, in my in my head all night long and I, I sat there and finally uh, found a, a downed tree where I was able to at least be comfortable that nothing was going to get me from behind and I grabbed you know a limb and broke it off the tree and then whittled out a dagger for the rest of the night. Mm. You have this time to think about how to survive, to think about your life, 
Could you imagine, number one, getting out of it, but also that you would have testimony? At what point did God really begin to break through? You know, the, the National Guard called you a miracle man. Were you thinking that you were a miracle man? You you had drugs in your body. You were frozen. Uh, you're in the high Sierras. This is, you know, not really great survival, but you made it after eight days. And were you thinking you were getting a second chance? Um, you know, at the time when when it was happening to me, I was able to keep myself quite busy in finding, you know, being resourceful and finding something that would help my situation at the time. Uh, over the course of the time, as it grew, I started feeling a, a very tangible presence. Uh, you know, I had fortunately given my heart uh, to Christ back in 1994, but I was living, you know, a full-blown life of a sinner. I didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with God. I didn't understand what it meant to worship God. I, di- I didn't know the good news of, of, of His Holy Word. I didn't know uh, what the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit could feel like and lead your life. But I did feel His presence. Uh, I did feel a, a spirit, and I kind of knew that I would be okay. I definitely wasn't going to, you know, allow my parents to find me, uh, you know, dead on the mountain and put me into a box. So I had gotten into that situation, and, you know, my self-reliance kind of kicked in as an athlete, and I said, well, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out of here this is my own fault. It wouldn't be until later on, you know, we can get into that in a, in a little bit that, that when I pressed into God, did he, he show up and show off in my life. And so your book is out. It's going to be in store September 26th. And there's a movie, Josh Hartnett plays you. It's in select theaters this October. Did you ever think that your story would become you know, the impetus for testimony to really help others. You know, the movie is being dubbed a thriller. It's powerful. People are really being impacted by the adrenaline rush of of the film. But behind all of this is a man, you, who has gone through a deep conversion, and you've lost a lot. You've lost your legs. What can people learn from what you went through? Yeah, and I would would have to say this. Um, You know, my goal was to be an NHL Hall of Famer. And it's incredible what God can do with your life. Uh, my legs uh, were taking me down to the path of death and, and decay, and I was eventually going to kill myself. And he pruned me. He pruned the fruit, you know, pruned the tree. Uh, he, he pruned where there was no fruit. And who would have thought that now I have this incredible testimony of um Showing people that nothing is going to affect you know my life uh, what even even after i 've lost my Olympic feet, my feet were probably one of my biggest attributes, and yet I was able uh, you know they were taken from me, and I was given artificial feet and now i 've got the ability to really tap in and encourage people I hear all the time boy you 're my son, oh, I wish so and so was here um, i 'm going through this medical condition, and i 've seen what you 've been able to do. boy, this spiritual transformation in your life is tangible. I can see the glow and the light in, in your eyes. And um, when I hear those messaging, uh, you know, beats of, of people that are, that are uh, you know, able to um, touch into, you know, what my story has to offer them, it really puts a nice divine purpose in my life. And it's nice now to finally uh, step away from myself and, and enter into a phase where I'm living my life for other people. And I've got so much more power and so much more influence, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, with God and the Holy Spirit guiding me um, to touch and inspire and encourage people that are going through change or, or need just a um, an ultimate touch of hope. It's beautiful. There's power in the offering when we have 
something that we've, you know, been denied or that we've lost? Um, was it hard, you know, to not be angry about your circumstances? Or, you know, it just seems like so much grace follows you. You know, I've, I've only arrived in this position here first from God, uh, you know, from my wife, uh, you know, from my family. I wasn't married prior to my accident. You know, my wife and children have only known me as, you know, Eric Lamarck, uh, the survivor, not uh, Eric Lamarck, the athlete. And so I'm only here because of a good support system around me. And I'm very, very grateful and um, very indebted as well as uh, I cultivated now these wonderful relationships, which I missed out for such a long period of time. And so knowing that I have such a strong support system, at, at first I did beat myself up quite a bit you know, for losing something. Uh, and then I started to eventually give myself credit and I had to go through all the stages of loss and, and grief. And going through the stages of loss and grief was the normal process for, for me to accept that, you know, I survived something that I, I should never have survived. I should have been 10 times, uh, you know, dead. Anybody whose body temperature usually drops uh, below 90 degrees, their vital organs will seize up and, and my body temperature went to 106. Um, a week later, it skied up to 107.3. And thankfully, you know, even though I was in a mess and I was living my life, uh, very unhealthy. I also was, you know, uh, an adrenaline junkie and still worked out and was constantly, you know, still the athlete. So uh, had I not been in shape enough uh, to handle those two extremes, I would uh, additionally be dead even after the accident and after I was rescued. It's an incredible story. We are here with Eric Lamarck. He is the real-life miracle man, which is the premise for the new film that is coming out Six Below, Miracle on the Mountain. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We're going to talk more with Eric, and I want to ask him about his mom. Our show is called Mary's Touch, and we're going to talk about the love of a mother praying for her son and what it was like on that side of this whole frantic ordeal of the eight days stuck on top of a freezing cold mountain. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love in our lives. Visit marystouch.org to find out how you can help support us with your prayers and your donations. Find out more about Mary and tell us your story. It's all at marystouch.org. The Faith and Freedom Minute explores the intersection of our Catholic faith and modern American culture, offering insights to understand and navigate the divide between secular viewpoints and our Catholic principles. Brought to you by the Knights of Columbus, here is Texas State Deputy Douglas Oldmixon. In a recent interview, Archbishop Laurie, the head of the U.S. Bishop's Ad Hoc Committee on Religious Liberty, highlighted the need for constructive engagement with the federal government toward a fairly broad executive order that would restore some of the religious liberty rights that have eroded over the years through regulations and policies. We remain very hopeful, and we continue to advocate for it, he said. As Catholics and as Knights of Columbus, we are encouraged that the federal administration is showing signs of a commitment to support conscience rights that have been ignored or diminished by other less important considerations 
for far too long. We urge a permanent resolution of this imbalance. Will you join us? This has been the Knights of Columbus Faith and Freedom Minute. To learn more about the effective witness and practical works of the world's largest Catholic family organization, please visit our website at kfc.org. That's kofc.org. And we're back. Thank you so much, Douglas Old Mixon, for the Faith and Freedom Minute. I'm Alexis Walkenstein. This is Mary's Touch, and we have with us Eric Lamarck and his amazing story. Eric is uh, the Miracle Man, who is the premise for the for the new Hollywood film, Six Below Miracle on the Mountain, which hits theaters exclusively on October 12th. It's also a book. Eric has shared his story under the same title. It's in bookstores this September. People have been ordering it on Amazon. And we've been talking about being stranded on the mountain in the high Sierras for eight days, surviving against all odds, but losing, losing his life became different. He gave up an addiction to drugs and alcohol. He lost his legs. He eventually marries and um, he gives up so much, but the power of God is in him and is doing new things. I want to talk a little bit, Eric, about your mom. I cannot imagine a mother's frantic uh, state knowing that her son is missing in the conditions that you are in. Our show is dedicated to the mother of God, Mary's touch, and the touch of a mother, our human mothers, is unmatched. What do you know about your mom's side of it as she was praying for you, thinking of you, waiting, you know, waiting for news about you? Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, you know, the first thing, you know, as an adult is uh, the grief that I have of that which I put her through. Nobody wants to uh, hurt or, you know, cause uh, severe worry to, to somebody who's raised you uh, from the time of, of being a child for every all that they had done. You know, my parents were fantastic, as was my mom. Um, you know, she's just one of the most kind-hearted people that... Uh, you know, she everything she puts her hands to has a, is is always been blessed, and uh, you know my determination and and uh, you know my faith has definitely come from my mom. And uh, knowing later on that that she was praying, I, I believe that that's one of the tremendous uh, reasons why I was able to, to to kind of die of my old self as Christ did. You know, when Mary, his mother, was praying for for him, and uh, you know to be reborn again in Christ is just. Uh, a, a wonderful feeling, but uh, to have put my parents through that that grief and agony, it's one of the reasons why it inspired me to make sure. And when I cried out uh, to my mom on that uh, fifth night, I remember just thinking, uh, you know, and just telling her you know, not to worry and that I was going to get off no matter what I had to do to uh, see her again. Mm. You mentioned something earlier about um, meeting your wife who knew you after the accident. Talk a little bit about that. She wasn't able to identify, unless through news clips or your own recalling, um, the man that you were. And and she's loving you for who you are, knowing you at, at this point in your adversity. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, you know, somebody like me, of course, is going to marry a woman named Hope, and my wife's name is Hope. Um, you know, she, at the time I met Hope, I was still kind of caught up uh, in 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 my own self. You know, I was still adapting to uh, 
what life was going to be like, you know, with prosthetics. It, it was fairly new when I first met her. And I would say that mm-hmm. I was a, a real pretty strong narcissist at the time because I couldn't see anything outside of myself. It was all so different. I was feeling pain. I was feeling uh, change. I, I, I had to deal with it. And I was so consumed with my own stuff that uh, thankfully uh, she she saw a boy who is now today the man who she always knew I could be. And so she's uh, has done nothing but been an edification into my life. Uh, she's been a true uh, blessing from God. You know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And, uh, you know, a prudent wife is uh, her husband's crown. And I just wear her proud. And uh, she's put up with a lot of stuff, uh, very difficult stuff in the Mm. beginning of it, which could be a whole new movie in itself. Mm. Um, I'm very grateful to have, uh, you know, a wife. I'm very grateful to have a family. And I'm very grateful to to really be present with with my marriage and present with my family on a a day-to-day basis and and look forward to just uh, enjoying those moments and, and, uh, you know, really connecting on a spiritual level with them as well. That's tremendous. The movie is going to have, I'm sure, a little Hollywood, you know, flair to it. And the book is going to have a little deeper elements to the conversion, the addiction, the battle with giving everything up, the the prayer life and the changes. Tell us a little bit about what people will get from picking up the book and then also experiencing the movie. Sure. You know, people will definitely get from the book the, the, the whole story because it's it deals with the before, the after uh, and 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 the now, so you know it's not just the mountain. Um, it, it's wonderful storytelling. I worked with a tremendous collaborator and tremendous writer, Davin C, who uh, is uh, all the everybody who's read the book has has uh, stated it's just such a easy, fun read, and it's some of the best storytelling that they've ever heard. So you'll enjoy the the story on the mountain, some of the flashbacks on the mountain as well. And then, you know, when I'm rescued, I'm not really rescued because you know, now I'm I'm facing, uh, you know, gangrene and my blood is septic. And mm. so it talks about being in the hospital. It talks about going through and, and being delivered the news that, you know, my legs were going to be taken from me in an imperfect bedside manner mm. from this mad scientist, orthopedic surgeon. He came in and and said to me, oh, well, 107.3, that's the <clears throat> highest temperature that we've ever seen here at the Grossenburn Center. Well, we'll get you scheduled for an emergency amputation surgery in the morning. So sleep tight, get some rest. And he was gone. Wow. And wow. again, I was alone. And, you know, it was in some of these dark moments where, you know, I needed something else. And, uh, you know, later on, after I've gone through the amputation surgeries, uh, did I start to, you know, press into God. And as I shared with you, boy, did he kind of show up and, and show off because, you know, at that time I had nothing else to believe other than a childlike faith. And uh, when I came came to, to, to God uh, in all my mess and, and totally broken and at my uh, rock bottom, you know, it's uh, my. I, I think that my heart was definitely right, and my spirit was totally open to to really receive all the power and, and uh, all the mm-hmm. salvation in Him that we get. That's incredible. And in the movie, you've seen the movie, obviously. What what do sure. you what do you think about how um, you're portrayed in the film, and what's your reaction to all of this? 
Sure, and, and and in the movie, you know, the viewers can expect just um, you know, uh, it, it, you're when I watched it, I was extremely cold, <laughs> and <laughs> and yet, you know, I was also um, there comes a point where you start to root for somebody who finally, you know, upends the the meth and and realizes that that uh, this is why what got me here and so Josh who is a real pro he's a, he's a tremendous actor um he was such a trooper to be thrown into freezing cold water to to snowboard mm. learn to snowboard to skate um he did a lot of his own stunts and uh, went down to like a a 300 uh calorie a day diet just to lose the weight because i had wow. lost about 45 pounds so the visual uh uh, elements and the beauty of the cinematography that is 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 where the film is shot um people are going to enjoy the adventure enjoy the ride and and get to see some of the um you know the, the this is the story this is a story and this is a movie that that surprises you think it's a story of survival but yet then it has you know hockey in it and and right. so there's a lot of different things i've had a, a very unique uh life so far and, uh, you know, it's exciting that, you know, it was tremendous healing in writing the book and it was tremendous healing in, in, uh, in also helping out to be one of the producers in, in the film. And at, at the same time, it was very difficult too, because, you know, it, I felt like I was played like an emotional instrument. Um, you know, it's got a Hollywood spin on it, but they, they struck the chords the way that they were supposed to be struck with the messaging beats that they wanted to get across. So the movie's a, an action-packed thriller. Uh, you don't know if uh, I'm going to make it off the mountain or not. And it's just tremendously shot, tremendous uh, editing, and it's, it's, it's a very, very enjoyable film. Uh, I've watched it a couple times, and uh, it was neat just to see the reactions of the audience when we played it at a film festival for, you know, everybody was, was just about spellbound. But, uh, you know, the book is, is a great start. It uh, gives you the full story. You'll want to see the movie after you read the book. And uh, and you might want to read the book again after you see the movie. So, mm. um, yeah, I just I hope that, uh, you know, it, it brings tremendous uh, encouragement and hope and uh, inspiration to people that, uh, you know, every day we were faced with challenges and, and the enemy is, is always looking to, to, to upend our, our plans. And we have to uh, find hope in each other and find hope in, in uh you know, messages and in, in God's word. And uh, I hope that I can be used for his glory to do that. Oh, you certainly are. And, and I think, you know, your testimony is so powerful, you know, for us, all of us, young people in particular, you know, to, to use our bodies for the glory of God. We're given our bodies as a temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit. And and all of it belongs to him, all, all of its fullness and anything that is lacking. And so your resilience, your joy, your, your virtue coming through all of this is a powerful testimony for others who might be suffering in different ways. They may not have lost legs, but surely we all go through, you know, Christian people and, and all of us everywhere go through brokenness. And so we so appreciate you coming on Mary's Touch to share your story. If there's one message that you could share with families today just about resilience and the power of prayer, what would you say in closing? Well, first that it's real. Um, you know, people can call it what they want, but when you uh, really press in, uh, you know, it says in, in James, if you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. And, 
if you do have that openness um, and you press in and, and, and see itself, uh, it'll prove itself real to you. And uh, there's power. We need to cover our families every day. We need to, to cover our lives each day. And we need to take our position and our dominion uh, and authority that we have because we've conquered death, hell, and the grave. And it's time that, uh, you know, we, we be proud of it and stand up and rise to the occasion and, and let our light just reflect. And, uh, you know, we don't need to be apologetic for, for our faith. We can uh, be instruments of light uh, just by pressing forward and living in a, in a righteous and virtuous way. Amen. Thank you so much, Eric, for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Alexis. It's been wonderful, and thank you for you and your ministry. Uh, We'll be praying for you. The Mary's Touch Prayer Warriors will be praying for you, which is a reminder. If you have a prayer request, please let us know. You can find us at marystouch.org, and you can email us your prayer requests. I'm Alexis Walkenstein. It's been a privilege to be with you all today. Tag a friend with hashtag Mary's Touch. Thank you so much. God love you. God bless you. This program is produced by Mary's Touch a nonprofit corporation dedicated to bringing you the love of Mary and her son, Jesus. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share, write to us at Mary's Touch, P.O. Box 341991, Austin, Texas, 78734, or email radio at marystouch.org. For more stories or to find out more about Mary, visit our website at marystouch.org. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.